Have you ever considered the impact your work environment has on your health and your productivity? Enter Uplift Desk, a revolutionary standing desk designed to transform the way you work. And that's just the beginning of what Uplift Desk has to offer. With an emphasis on ergonomics and customization, Uplift Desk offers a solution that caters to the dynamic needs of modern professionals. Whether you're coding, designing, or podcasting, like I am right now, the flexibility to switch between sitting and standing can significantly enhance your focus and vitality. What makes Uplift Desk stand out is not just their commitment to quality and innovation, but also their dedication to creating a healthier workspace. With options to customize from over 100 desktop materials and a plethora of accessories, Uplift Desk ensures that your work setup is uniquely yours, promoting better posture and movement throughout the day. And here's an offer to get you started on a healthier work journey starting today. Go to upliftdesk.com slash timecrafting for 5% off your order. That's upliftdesk.com slash timecrafting to get 5% off your entire order. Your health, your productivity, your future self will thank you. Again, that's upliftdesk.com slash timecrafting and get 5% off your entire order today. Have you ever had that heart-stopping moment when you realized you forgot the password to a critical account? I have, and that's exactly why I switched to 1Password years ago, and honestly, it's been a game-changer. I can't do without 1Password, and I know that if you give it a try, you will feel the same way. And when you support our sponsors, then you support the show. So I encourage you to check out what 1Password has to offer One of the things 1Password has to offer is it combines top-tier security with an award-winning design, making password management a breeze for anyone, anywhere. From the moment I started using 1Password, I said goodbye to the days of resetting passwords and worrying about security breaches. You see, 1Password isn't just about convenience. It's about saving you from the real cost of data breaches and the daily time suck of password resets. It works seamlessly across all your devices, filling in passwords for you so that you can sign in with a click. And the best part, all you need to do is remember one strong password that protects everything else. I've been using 1Password for as long as I can remember. My family is using it. Everyone in this household has bought in. It's, again, a game changer. It's completely transformed how I handle my digital security and my family feels the same way. We've gotten away from using the same passwords again and again and again, or sticky note reminders or having that notebook that says passwords I must remember. Plus, 1Password is trusted by millions, including giants like IBM and Slack. With 1Password, my digital life and my family's digital life is not only more secure, but infinitely simpler. And look, if you've ever been frustrated by a family member constantly asking for passwords, 1Password's secure sharing has been a total relationship saver for me. It's so secure that the Associated Press relies on it in high-risk areas, which means it's more than capable of keeping your digital life safe and streamlined. So why not make the switch? Protect yourself, your family, and your business with 1Password. It's the simple and secure way to manage your digital life. And right now, listeners of A Productive Conversation get a free two-week trial at onepasswordcom slash productive convo. 
That's two free weeks at onepassword.com slash productive convo. Again, onepassword.com slash productive convo. Check out one password. I know you'll fall in love with it like my whole family has. Again, that's onepassword.com slash productive convo for two free weeks. Check it out today. This week's episode of the Productivityist Podcast is brought to you by SaneBox. Inbox Zero is just one click away with SaneBox. With SaneBox, you can make email work for you. I'm going to talk a little bit about SaneBox during the podcast, but for now, I want to get into this show, and this show is going to focus on the idea of context, the 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 topic that we kind of discussed with a few of us over Twitter a few weeks ago. Um, and I had a bunch of people chime in and I've written quite a bit about it and it's been, it's been pretty interesting to actually explore the different ways people use context when it comes to, uh, to getting things done and task management and so on. And I wanted to bring on some, some of those people that were involved in the Twitter uh, chat about their context and, and what their thoughts were on it. And, and we've got guests over the next, uh, two episodes that are going to focus on just the context, the, the whole context conversation. And uh, this week, we've got Sven Fetchner and Kevin Rothermel. They're going to be the guys I talked to this week. And of course, every episode is under a half hour. So I wanted to make sure that I got, uh, you know, I spread the conversation out a little bit. And also, um, what we're going to do is, as we wrap up next week, uh, we're going to talk about some of the context that you had that were uh, out there, some of the readers of Productivityist, as well as some of the listeners of the Productivityist podcast. And of course, there's some Patreon supporters out there that I definitely want to get to and get some mentions out. I'll do that at the tail end of this podcast for those new subscribers and those new supporters. Thanks so much. Again, if you are interested in supporting the podcast, it's just me. It's a one-man show in terms of uh, getting things off the ground. Although Productivityist has become a company, we're still we're not part of a network anymore. So, uh, or I'm not part of a network anymore. We never really were part of a network with this podcast, but I'm no longer doing a network show. So, uh, if you are willing and able to give whatever you can, uh, please do so. Go to the Patreon page, patreon.com slash productivityist, and give if you can. If you can't, the show's still going to be free. We're just going to be leveling things up as we go with the more supporters that we get. So uh, I'm going to dive into the conversation right now with uh, Sven and Kevin about the context that they use and and just to kind of get a sense of, of what they're using. If you're not using context, by the way, when you're managing your tasks and in your task management system, you're kind of missing out. It's a whole different lens that you can use to kind of look at the things that are on your plate. And if you get stuck in project mode, which is very linear and you can't move things forward, it's really, really key to have another alternative way to look at your work and contexts give you that. So Without further ado, let's just dive into the conversation. First up, we have from Simplicity Bliss, Sven Fetchner here on the Productivityist podcast. All right, I have Sven Fetchner with me, and it's always a, always a pleasure and a challenge uh, <laughs> to have Sven on the show because my German's not good. I need to learn more German. I need to get that. I need to get my, and I should. You're doing a podcast that talks about this stuff in German. Yes. Uh. I do. Uh, hey, Mike, thanks for having me. Yeah, so uh, probably if you want to learn some German and uh, do that by listening to a very nerdy podcast, you could actually listen to a Der Übercast, it's called, uh, derübercast.com, which is a uh, bi-weekly show I'm doing with Patrick Welke and Andreas Seidler, which is kind of, you know, productivity to an extent, but a lot of other nerdy stuff that we love to talk about. So I'm going to have to get my ears around that and learn a bit more. I, I only know 
Um, actually, you know what? I don't even know how to order beer in German. I know how to order beer in Czech. Jedno pivo prosim is how I would order mm, beer in there Czech. There you go. But I did, well, in, German, ha- it, yep. in German, it would be just ein Bier bitte. Ein That's Bier bitte. Okay. That's there we go. Oh, perfect. All perfect. right. There we go. Uh, speaking of, of perfect, one of the things I wanted to talk to you about was uh, context and how it would be completely imperfect for me not to suggest that your energy level-based context – and I've mentioned this several times on, on the blog – uh, and at the website, that your talk at the OmniFocus setup a couple years ago kind of inspired me to really spend more time using energy-based type context. And right. I have to say that not only have they helped me, but they've helped a lot of other people that have kind of explained why and how they kind of can work and help. Uh, so I want to give you a big thanks and a big shout out right now while I have you on the show to say, you know, if it wasn't for you, it kind of drawing me to those, uh, I probably wouldn't be nearly getting as much done as I am. Oh, thanks for that. That's uh, that's uh, really great to hear that it, it, it helped a lot of people. It was more like scratching my own itch really when I when I pondered about contacts and why they actually didn't work for me and, and uh, you know, the, the result, the, the, the fresh take uh, on context post that I did on, on my blog at the time and then later with the, with the talk at the OmniFocus event, um, that really then became sort of one of my signature um, pieces out there, which still today is, I think, one of the most popular um, posts on, on the blog and, and people kind of tend to, to go um, to it because it does address one of the, the key issues um, with getting things done, which is that the context feel a little bit outdated, uh, right? They assume that certain tools are only available to you at a certain time. And obviously with uh, technology advancing, with uh, work environments uh, changing, we're now in a situation where basically you know, 90% of everything you need from a phone, uh, from an internet connection, email, IM, is with you kind of 80-90% of the time. So you need to make different choices and that's really what my approach to context was about at the time. Now, what about now? I mean, we were all involved in this Twitter thread that happened a few weeks ago where Schechter chimed in and then a couple other gentlemen, Lee Garrett and Kevin Rothamel, we all kind of, and a few others, kind of, you know, how we define context. And at this point, I mean, like you said, until David's new book comes out, which will probably only maybe not define context more as maybe refine them a bit more. How do you How do you treat context at this point? Has much changed since... You did that talk or wrote that post in terms of how you deal with contexts? Well, you know, I'm practicing GTD now since uh, way more than, than 10 years. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I initially started uh, context to me, like many other um, ideas of, of GTD um, were a crutch, right? They really helped me learning to walk, um, being a bit more organized, being a bit more productive. And then over time, you also start growing out of uh, some of this because it becomes muscle memory. It becomes um, a habit, right? That's mm-hmm. what you want, want it to be. So you become automatically more conscious of, you know, what sort of state of mind you're in, what your energy levels are, what what is important, and and you become less dependent on these crutches, and you start to uh, you know look at your context again and say, do I really use it to that level of granularity? Um, and one of the indications I always use, um, you know, do you have contexts that carry like less than five tasks most of the time? Um, mm. Question is, do you then really need them or can you actually consolidate your context um, further? There's still um, a level of, of um, energy-based context that I'm using today, uh, but I'm also 
starting to become a lot more um, focused on, on a few contexts. So I still have my focus context, which is sort of the high energy context when I really want to shut down everything left and right of me and just dive into a more complicated problem, a more complicated or more creative task that just requires the right energy. But then a lot of other things just got kind of combined into a admin task, which is everything from like being totally brain dead and, and you know, just give me an Excel sheet where I need to fill about 500 cells with the same value. Let's do that. Um, or, uh, you know, whatever else it is, even just a quick email or phone call kind of uh, floats into that admin context. But I think it's really something that I do not recommend for people that don't have to uh, develop the habits and the consciousness of, of what they're actually doing. So that's where I would still recommend going to those uh, contexts that I've been talking about in, in, in a fresh take on context at the time. So like the resource-based ones, ones that people can easily wrap their head around and say, okay, because they have to first start working through the lens of a context. Because most people, and you and I have talked about this before, they tend to work by project because that's how we are wired and only when you start using context does it give you that extra lens to work through the problem is most people are still trying to learn how to do that and the best way in my mind and i don't know if this is in your mind but to kind of grab onto context that makes sense like phone like you know computer which of course can now encompass your phone or tablet or whatever uh and then you can kind of tap into okay well this is working to a point but how can i refine these a little bit more and make them a matter and, and have more value to me yeah, I think it's 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 batching uh, tasks, right? That's that's what makes you really um, effective um, and efficient. If um, you know you choose to 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 go by resources, that's fine if that works for you. But I think going back to the more granular setup that I had in fresh takes of context, like short dashes, brain dead routines, full focus type of. Um, context, uh, right? If I have, you know, 10 short dashes things, so things that don't take any more than five to 10 minutes uh, is typically, you know, the quick email, scheduling a call, um, you know, looking something up, um, whatever it is. And, and none of that really requires your mind to, to go deep into the context and understand what is it that I'm doing. It's a straightforward task. So just go and group uh, five of them if you have uh, kind of half an hour and, and just plow through them. And it's actually going to give you a great bit of satisfaction because they're, they're out of the way now you have space for you know more challenging tasks more interesting tasks or just some time you know for yourself and then to relax a little be with a family or do whatever you do and that's a great way to wrap up because i think that that's pretty much <laughs> there's a lot of value in that hey sven where can people find you when you are not uh you know uh batching tasks and uh getting things done yeah, so uh, I'll be, uh, you know, at Simplicity Bliss on uh, Twitter. SimplicityBliss.com is uh, my little uh, corner in the internet. And uh, to uh, all of your uh, German listeners, uh, you know, have a go at DerUberCast.com. It's DerUberCast.com. And uh, check out the little German podcast that I'm doing. Thanks for being on the show today, Sven. It's been my pleasure. All right, before we continue with the podcast, what we're going to do 
is we are going to talk about our sponsor. And our sponsor this week is SaneBox. I'd like to thank the folks at SaneBox for sponsoring this week's episode of the Productivity is Podcast. Now, if you get a lot of email, perhaps even too much email, then you're going to want to look at SaneBox. It really, what it does is it moves unimportant emails out of the inbox into a separate folder and then summarizes them in a digest, which is really handy if you want to get out of your email inbox and into the task app where all your contacts live and your projects live so you can get on with the real work of the day. This way, the way that SaneBox operates, it makes sure that you only have important emails in your inbox and then you can process everything else when it's convenient for you. So you're not living in email because that's the last place you want to be living. It works everywhere on any email provider, client, or device. You'll just see that, that folder everywhere when you check your email. So that's critical as well. I know David Sparks has talked a lot about this in his email book, and he's a big SaneBox fan. How does it know what's important? How does SaneBox know what you should be looking at versus what you shouldn't be looking at. Well, what it does is it analyzes your past behavior, you know, the emails that you open, which ones you respond to, how quickly you respond to them, how often, you know, so on and so forth. And then what it does is it determines the importance of incoming emails without ever looking at the content. It just looks at the headers so it can actually identify what email you're going to want to look at based solely on that. And we're seeing that in a lot of different applications. Evernote can kind of decide when you clip how what notebook it should belong in. Samebox does that with your email, which means that you can really kind of hone in on the emails that you want to look at and kind of leave the other ones till later when you have more time or more energy. Uh, SaneBox has lots of other features. There's one-click unsubscribe, which is super handy if you've subscribed to emails, or maybe you've signed up for a service and forgot to uncheck that box to say, hey, remind me of any new features or new news that might occur with so-and-so. Uh, it also snoozes non-urgent emails. It moves attachments to the cloud, has follow-up reminders, and all of that stuff. So uh, SaneBox is going to save you a lot of time and a lot of energy with your email. And as I've mentioned many times over at Productivityist, as well as in my other podcasts, and, and, and even in this one to a certain extent, email can be the bane of, of everyone's existence when it comes to working uh, and and keeping your workflow active because it can really pull you away from the work you need to be doing. SaneBox helps that. Uh, it helps in that you don't have to necessarily be worrying about, well, I wonder what emails are important versus which ones aren't. It's going to put you in the position to be able to take command of your inbox, and that's really what you want. So what I want you to do is go to SaneBox.com slash Productivityist, and when you sign up for a free trial, you'll get $15 off when you purchase a SaneBox subscription. I highly recommend that you check out SaneBox because what SaneBox does, it makes email work for you. And that's what we want. I'd like to thank SaneBox for sponsoring this week's episode of the Productivityist podcast and uh, for uh, supporting the show. It's it's great. Thanks so much to the team at SaneBox for, for helping me out this week and help me pay the bills. Uh, <laughs> now let's get back to the show. We're going to bring in Kevin Rothermel now to talk a little bit about the context that he uses and why he uses them. So take it away, Kevin, and me, of course, from when we talked about it. So I'm here with Kevin Rothermel, uh, who actually chimed in on the Twitter uh, thread as well. And Kevin, we, you've been following me for a while and vice versa, right? Uh, yeah, that's that's true. I think I found you first on uh, on uh, app.net and uh, didn't, you know, kind of wandered over to, to Twitter where I found the rest of the uh, community. Yeah, we're all hanging out there. App.net was only for like the cool kids. And, yeah, right. and now Twitter is, although I'm not even really doing app.net all that much anymore. I just find that it, it, you can only spread yourself out so far, right? You know what I mean? 
yeah, you start when, once you start. Like I found, I was just cross posting constantly, mm. and, and it just started to feel a little bit redundant and, and sort of uh, silly. The yeah. one thing that I did like about it was. Um, I felt like I had much better access to, um, you know, people who are a little bit more popular out, out in the world. And, right. and I think we're, we're more likely to respond just because there's less noise. Yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, so it was like Twitter in the early days, really. Right. Yeah. Right. So, but um, I want to th- dive into a bit about context because um, there was a lot of back and forth amongst uh, a bunch of us. Uh, Sven Fetchner, uh, Michael Schechter, myself, Lee Garrett, a whole bunch of people. Uh, and I want to just get your thoughts on, like, how do you use contacts and how do you define them in terms of allowing you to get, you know, more stuff or more of the right stuff, shall I say, done? Well, I think that, um, you, first of all, I just kind of went through a big kind of, you know, rejiggering of all this and, and way overthought stuff and wasted a whole lot of time on it. Um, and after I, I spent a couple of months behind the paywall over at getting things done, dot com, just mm-hmm. because I, you know, I was really interested in sort of what they were talking about, um, over there. And what I what I sort of realized was that uh, what software has sort of masked a little bit is that the idea of, of of a context it's really just a list. Like if you start to if you start to do you know handle GTD in a paper system, um, it's it's basically you're just making a list. And if you think back to you know when when they when David Allen originally wrote the book. Um, and, and, and as far as I can tell, the the projects list was almost more to spark ideas for next actions, right? They're, they weren't right. linked together. And so all of those were just kind of lists in of themselves. And so I think that realization um, went a long way to helping me demystify um, what they were. Um, but then also this idea that, um, well, so, you know, and, and I think he mentioned it on uh, Mac Power Users when uh, David Allen was on just a couple weeks ago. Um, this idea of a list that he made or a context that he made that was before trip. Yes. I remember that one that he was, t- and David thought it was, uh, Sparks thought it was like really, really smart. Right. And it, and it seems sort of, you know, anti, you know, like we all, we all, it, get se- it really- seems like more of a checklist than a list list. Right. Right. And it seems anti or, or antithetical to sort of the canonical list that everyone sort of gets all worked up about, um, but I think, you know, and then another one of his consultants at his company mentioned that she has a list called Noodle On, right, which is just mm-hmm. stuff to think over. Mm-hmm. Um, and so all of that together, you know, it, it really demystified it for me, you know, like I said. And um, and so I, I went back and started to get rid of, like, strip away. I, I, I stripped away all everything that felt like it was a little bit BS. Um, or that the list would be maybe three items long versus say another, you know what I mean? Like you're basically, yeah. like what Merlin Mann said, you know, about simplifying your context, you know I mean? Most people, they'll, they'll, and this is what happens all the time. You've seen, I've seen it where people will finally discover context or they'll read GTD and they'll blow it up huge, but right. you, you can't really connect with them if there's too many of them, right? Like I've always said, um, more projects, less context, fewer perspectives if you're using OmniFocus or filters if you're using Todoist, right? So it should scale down so that way you can connect with them better because you're going to always have these massive amount of projects. But you are right. Like they're lists. I mean, basically, if you're using something like the Bullet Journal system or Dash Plus or, you know, the Week Dominator or whatever you're using, I mean, that's basically, in the Bullet Journal especially, those are just lists. Right. Right? I mean, so but the tools make it feel more complex. Like the digital tools make them appear to be more complex than that. Right, right. Um, and, and, you know, I think 
you know, not only can you have too many of them, but the other thing that I was really trying to scale back is um, when I'm processing, trying to figure out like, okay, well, is this, does this go into matrix one Mm -hmm. or is this priority B or, you know, or is this a high energy sort of task? Um, You know, I've tried out a bunch of those different things and, and what I've really tried to prioritize is making them readily apparent so then I, when I look at something I know that oh well that's a Mac task right because that's mm-hmm. where I'm going to do it it's not a matter of trying to like well you know well if it's in the, it's a morning task and if I you know I'm feeling this way then maybe I'll do that you know it's yeah it's, you know you're, you're eliminating that the the you you're actually preferring to eliminate the emotional con- complexity that might be involved right it's like okay I need to be on my Mac energy level doesn't really I'm not taking that into account yeah, because I, I felt like it was introducing a lot of friction, um, and I use OmniFocus, and, and I found that it was I was really getting frustrated with how long it was taking to just input tasks, and, mm. I, and I input a lot of stuff throughout the day. Um, and so, you know, I realized I was just there was a lot of overhead in, in trying to figure out kind of where exactly these things fit into um, to those more ethereal uh, sorts of, of contexts. Now, does it frustrate you that you can only use one context in OmniFocus, per, unless you dive into perspectives, which, again, most people run away from screaming when they first start using it because they don't know <laughs> how to make them work? Because well, that, that's think... one thing. That's a limitation for a lot of people is, I mean, I have writing tasks, right? And I actually use writing as a context now because that's, you know, a big thing for me. And because I have multiple writing projects, I need to use writing as a context so I can say, okay, well, what are the what's the writing I need to do over the next 30 days? I use, of course, Todoist. And then I could see what high energy writing I need to do versus what low energy writing I need to do. I can't right. do that in OmniFocus. I would have mm-hmm. to I would have to create a context called low energy writing and high energy writing. And then, you know what I mean? And then that's where it can really, really scale out. Right. Well, you know, I, I used to use things and you can you can add all sorts of tags to those. And I've, right. and I've played around as well with um, with task paper. And I found that I wasn't really adding a lot of a lot of um, anything that was really helpful mm. um, in how I was parsing things out. And, you know, I, I, so I think one of the ways that they are helpful, I think, to the point of, of what you were talking about there with, with having high energy writing versus low energy writing or, or something like that. You know, I, I've actually added in um, a creative writing task that's a sub or a context that's a subcontext of my Mac context just to help me parse that out a little bit. But, right. um, you know, when I've when I've tried to start adding other tasks, I felt like it was just. It was, you know, and this is just me, but it was just kind of overcomplicating things a little bit. Right, right, and and I get that, and I think that that's uh, the the great thing about it, which is also can be the frustrating thing, is that there are so many options out there that you could actually pick. Okay, do you want to use OmniFocus? Do you want to use Things? Do you want to use Todoist, Asana, whatever? The, right. the key is is that you. I think the key point that that whole thread was hopefully conveying is that you don't just have to work by project. Right. Exactly. And, I, and I think that's what a lot of people do, even if they don't read GTD or don't understand it or put it down after they get through the capturing thing saying, you know, I'm not capturing everything. This guy's crazy. Uh, even <laughs> if they get through that, like even if we can convince people that aren't GTD diehards or even know what it is, if we can say, look, there's another way to look at your tasks. And this is why your list thing really I found compelling, because that's easy to convey. You could say, well, Instead of writing things down for all the things you need to do for Project X, why don't you write down all the emails you need to return? Mm-hmm. And exactly. that's something people can go, oh, okay, I can do that. Yeah, you know, and right, then go and right. then say, well, now what if you now what projects are those associated with? And then they start to write down the projects, like they find some way to signify that. Then you get that separation. So then the lists are still really powerful, 
but they're not overwhelming. In fact, if anything, you're you're kind of lessening that because you're like, oh, okay, well, eight of these emails are associated with Project X, so I'll do the emails now that are associated with Project X, or you know what, I'm tired of working on Project X, I'm just going to keep working on all these emails. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, and you know, I found that it's also they can also be helpful in in helping you to sort of plan your day out. Mm. Um, so if you do have a list that's just about calls, you know, you can sort of plan on, you know, you can block from one to two. Um, I'm going to go find a private room to make the three phone calls that I have to make. Um, or even, you know, what I found has been, I, I've been trying to get away from my computer a lot more than I have because I can get, I have a tendency to get really absorbed into it. And then, you know, I'm looking at RSS feeds and not yeah. interacting at work. Um, and so I've actually introduced a context that's just called offline, just um, with the uh, intention of just getting away from my computer. So, you know, I think they can be helpful for a lot of things um, like that beyond just kind of the typical batch processing. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think it, it, it can be super helpful for people to, you know, if they have that gigantic list to, to just it gives you a way to really parse things out into smaller into smaller lists that are more meaningful. Well, and actually, as odd as it sounds, and when I talk to people about this and, you know, I say, hey, parse out, you know, block off a half hour to work on your emails. They're like, well, it sounds like you're focusing on time first. I'm like, no, 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 I'm not. I mean, again, I've never said don't pay attention to time. I always said, but but if you're going to use your time, use it wisely. You right. know, you might as well do all your emails at once as opposed to leaving your email application open and here and getting the constant ding and interruption flow that's happening because that's not helping you. Or if you need to make all those phone calls, like you said, first off, you sometimes need to go to a specific location to make those calls so you can have the quiet, right? Like, for example, we're recording this right now. You know, my wife sees it in the calendar that, hey, you know, Mike's going to be recording for the next half hour or so. Uh, he needs quiet, so she'll take the kids out or whatever. Or if I, you know... At some point when I have this office that I'm talking about, um, or I was talking to you about before we went on the air, I'll have to block out time and go, okay, well, you know what? My kids are home at 3 o'clock, so I won't be able to record after 3 o'clock anymore. So I need to you know, plot out my day accordingly. So I might as well do all my recording, not just the podcast, but what if I'm going to work on an audio program? What if I'm going to do a coaching call? You know, So you need to, you need to kind of... If you, it gives you just another asset, and most people don't know that that asset even exists because they're more concerned about, I have to get this done, as opposed to, what can I work on right now to move as much forward as possible? Right, right. Um, and, and I think that's exactly right. And I think, you know, I used to be wary of blocking time out of my calendar, but, you know, I work, um, I work in advertising in a situation where other people can put things on my calendar. Um, and in fact, a lot of people get their jobs done by having meetings. So I've had to actually, I've, I've started to block off time on, you know, for, you know, making appointments with myself to do mm -hmm. the work that needs to get done. Um, and so that's how I've sort of used it is, is to just kind of like make sure that in between meetings, um, I'm getting everything that I need to, to get done, done, um, that I'm going to have enough time in the day to actually get what I need to done or what I need to do out of the way. Um, and, you know, a lot of times that means that, you know, in between the meetings that I have this afternoon, I have 30 minutes, I'm going to be on the third floor. Um, what can I do on the third floor? Right. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, maybe I only have 15 minutes. Well, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll plug in some time to just return some emails there or something like that. But, um, you know, it's, it's really become an essential tool for me to, to make sure that I'm, I'm getting everything that done that I need to do in the face of kind of this onslaught of uh, of incoming calendar appointments. 
Now, Kevin, before I let you go, uh, I'll get your credentials and stuff, but I want to make sure. So you work in advertising. I want to know when do you guys actually have the old fashions? Like, is it throughout the day or? <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> you know, it's funny you should mention that. So, you know, it's funny <laughs> when you watch when you watch Mad Men, you realize that before the Internet and before computers, when they had to, you know, all the type was set by hand, you could really only do like two things a day. Like, in all honesty, you know, mm-hmm. so so you could go and have a three martini lunch and then go back and sleep on your couch. Um, it's so nutty all the time now that, uh, you know, sometimes sometimes, you know, there, there will be a beer or two at lunch. But uh, but it's uh, it's just there's not there's not as much time as there used to be. That's yeah, for sure. we need to we need to uh, create it so that you can uh, Skype and have the like have it right there. So the, the commute times cut down. That's what has to happen. Have like, right. a, have like a virtual Mad Men conference where you're all sitting there over Zoom or or whatever you're you or Google Hangout. And you're all just having your martinis and, and right, and right, and our, and our fancy, fanciest suits and uh, oh yeah, because our... you all wear that now, right? And smoking, right. of course, smoking, right? Well, clearly, well, clearly. clearly, yeah. Okay. Not <laughs> Kevin, where can people find you on the internet when you're not, you know, uh, having uh, three martini lunches and you know making lists? Well, um, my blog is at kevinrothermel.com, and um, I'll actually be launching a podcast in the next uh, week or so. Um, got the first recording scheduled for that, and I'm also at Kevin Rothermel on Twitter. Awesome. Thanks so much for joining me today on the Productivities Podcast to talk about context, what they are, and what they are maybe aren't. All right. Thanks a lot, Mike. All right. That wraps up part one of the context conversation. I want to talk a little bit about uh, our patrons and thank them so much for joining me. Uh, the ones that are sponsoring via Patreon. Um, I wanted to give them a shout out. The people that are contributing at a at a specific level will get a shout out during the podcast. So let me take a look and give you a sense of who is sponsoring at that level. And again, if you are uh, if you're ten dollars above, you're gonna get that. Uh, that recommendation, uh, that shout out, as well as you now get complimentary access to a course I've developed with Steve Dotto called Task Apps Made Easy. Just go to patreon.com slash productivityist and you can look at the different levels there. But I want to say uh, a big thank you to the following who have just recently jumped on board and become sponsors. We have Scott Saluga who uh, jumped on as well as Clarence. Uh, and Caesar, uh, all of you, thank you so much for uh, jumping on the uh, the Productivityist uh, podcast uh, supporter list over at Patreon. Again, uh, big big thanks to all of you that are contributing on Patreon. Again, you can go there at Patreon.com/slash/Productivityist and uh, give your support if you are able. Even even a buck helps. Even a buck helps. Thanks again for joining me this week. Thanks to Sanebox for sponsoring this week's episode of the podcast, and we'll see you all and a few more next week.